Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Welcome to the Jen Lowry Wright Show. Today, I am so honored and blessed to bring a special guest with us today. Guys, we have right here in the studio, the author of Goodbye Orchid. Her name is Carol Vandenhinda, and she's an award-winning author who pens stories of resilience and hope. She's also a speaker with a long list of speaking engagements that you can go check out on her website. And she has an MBA with over 20 years experience in marketing and strategy. So you might go ahead and say, wait, let me go pause the video, go get a journal, because I'm sure that everything that she's going to share with us today is going to be bring great value to your author life. She's proud to be a climate realty leader at Reality Leader and serve on nonprofit boards. One secret to her good fortune, she calls out her humorous husband, fun-loving twins, and a rescue cat who proved that love really does conquer all. So welcome, Carol, to the show. We are just so happy to have you with us today. Jen, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So Goodbye Orchid is coming out October 1st. How is all that feeling for you right now, knowing it's on pre-order and knowing that it's you know fast approaching? Yes, yeah, so I've been through other launches in my life, having a career in marketing, but there is something absolutely special about putting your own work out into the world. And it's um, at the same time, it's both exhilarating and it's also a little bit intimidating. Um, time is rushing by really fast. I've been working on launch and getting it ready, um, you know, for the last six months launch and for the last years getting the book ready. So it is an amazing time. And I just feel incredibly fortunate to be able to have Goodbye Orchid come out to the world because I hope that the book does good. That's what it's intended to do. And so um, I feel really blessed that that's the case, that it's coming out. And so when you say years in the making, go back to when Goodbye Orchid first approached your heart. Like, how did that story come to you? Mm. So this, we have to go back seven years, Jen, seven long years ago in, in a time where our family was in a kind of in turmoil. We had just moved from an overseas assignment in China with my company back to the U.S. trying to get the kids settled. Everything was crazy. And honestly, I turned to writing as a place of solace, which many authors can probably relate to. It is a beautiful place. Yes, yay, I love journaling. I've always written since I was a kid. And so writing gave me solace. And in that time, I was actually seeing stories that were giving me strength, stories in the news. I often say that Goodbye Orchid was inspired by combat wounded veterans, even though it's not about combat wounded veterans. And what I mean by that is that those stories of these incredible 
incredible men and women who go and fight for our freedom and go to the most dangerous places in the world um, at the top of their game. And then when they come back injured and wounded, physical and other types of wounds, the strength and resilience that they demonstrate to get back to good is incredibly inspiring. And that's what I wanted to capture on the pages of Goodbye Orchid. And that's what my um, protagonist, Phoenix Walker, goes through and the love of his life, Orchid Page. And I feel like you captured it with such honesty, like this brutal honesty on the page, but in the midst of all of that turmoil and chaos and hurt, that, that word, that new normal, that new experience, that I need to meet someone else. And then this one person helps shape me in another way. And then he meets someone else and he has another experience. And that person helps shape him in a new way. And that is to show instead of closing ourselves off, allowing ourselves to be open, allowing ourselves to have this moment where it can feel like a very dark time. It is a dark time. And you honored that dark place, but you also allowed that place to show that evolution, to show that growth. And it was in a very powerful way. It was a page turner. And I was cheering for Phoenix from the very beginning. And it was such like, I can't do spoiler alerts. My husband says, you have to have the limits. I say it all the time to every time I have an author on. So if you see me go somewhere, you say, stop. <laughs> but I will say, um, if you do a first chapter sneak peek, if you ever do that on your website or you give people an opportunity to read that first chapter sneak peek, they will already get a great sense of who he is, who Phoenix is. You know, where, you know, what type of man is he? Um, and so and then you get these shocks and these twists and then you go, wait, what, but you can't say I can't do that. That wouldn't be what would happen. I would never. Do, but because you, you're not you're not Phoenix. And he had to go through his own story. That is so beautifully said. And there's so much insight into all of the pieces that you shined a light onto. <clears throat> you started by talking about the way in which other um, characters in the book, but really other people in our lives, they absolutely do shape us and they help us be better and they help us be the best people we can be. And there are so many people along Phoenix and Orca's journey that help with that from Phoenix's twin brother, Caleb, who <laughs> live, like there's so many that we can chat about. But I love the idea of the first chapter really gives people the taste of the book. And actually mm -hmm. on Book Funnel, there is a place where somebody can put in their email address and they get the first chapter free. So okay. we'll have to link to that. I'm happy to share that link with you. That's yeah. absolutely doable. And I think you're right. In that first chapter, so much happens and you already get to meet Phoenix and Orchid and um, the precipitating event right there in chapter one. Right. So tell me about the twins. Okay. So I love the twin dynamic in the book. Was that inspired by your own family life? Like you were really... 
So I do feel like I know something about twin dynamics, given that I have two boys are born two minutes apart and see that it is both a very close relationship, of course, and also can be competitive. Now, as parents, we would never try to encourage competition and we don't compare. And so we really just treat them as individuals. And I, I wouldn't say that Phoenix and Caleb are my boys. They're not the same. Actually, their personalities are really different than the twins in Goodbye Orchid. But that um, spark of inspiration, yeah. that start of the fact that twins can be, even though they're born to the same parents at the same moment, can be wildly divergent is very true to life. And that's such an interesting space to explore. And so with your life, Carol, you're a marketer. And then you have Goodbye Orchid, and then you have that foundation in there. That's the career building pieces in there. And of course, you have the credibility to be able to build that world. So it's not like it was far-fetched that you had to go out and do a lot of research on what does this industry look like and how are the dynamics with teams and assistants and and all of that and, and the shows. And I was like, oh, that was smart. That would be like how easy it was for me when I had to write a teacher. Um, so Mac was a teacher. Do you know how easy it was for me to write her part in there? It was just like so much of a flow did that was that the easy part of the book or was there an easy part of the book <laughs> like piecing it together how was that experience for you I love that you observed that that you know echoing of my life and in Goodbye Orchid and absolutely I say that I didn't I, although I was inspired by good, combat wounded veterans I didn't write them as combat wounded veterans I set Phoenix and Orchid in a world that I do know well I set them in the business world Phoenix is an entrepreneur and a founder of an advertising agency. Phoenix and uh, Orchid works at L'Oreal as a marketer, you know, as I've had a career as a marketer. And so that part absolutely was natural. And I felt like I was able to be really authentic. The parts of the story that I didn't know so much in terms of firsthand experience, those I researched really well. Yes. So I felt like if I was going to represent an experience that I personally hadn't had, I needed to be really um, treat that with such respect. And you and did. So. And it was very thorough. And it was as if I was living out that experience there. So my dad was in the army. My husband was in the army. Um, my dad came back. He was not an amputee, but he was wounded. Um, and he had many years of suffering. And so when I read that a portion of your prophets are going for military families. I will tell you that I became so touched because authors can do whatever they want with their profits. They can do whatever they want with their platforms, but you're taking this one step further and you're giving back from that. Where did all of that inspiration come from to be able to know for sure this was how I want to, to go? Yeah, thank you. And, um, you know, God bless your family for their service. Like, that is incredible. And I have so much respect for the military and the work that they do on behalf of all of us. So I just knew because the story was inspired by combat wounded vets, because, you know, there's such an important light to shine on those 
difficulties and challenges that it was absolutely the right thing to do. I mean, I have a full-time job. I can feed my kids. I don't need profit from the book, but I do want the book to do good in the world. And I want the book to do good in the world because of its message ultimately of optimism and hope and resilience and um, to share a story that maybe not everyone is familiar with. So it can do good in those ways, but I also want it to do good in these other ways. And so it's going to support um, foundations like the Heather Abbott Foundation, which helps uh, survivors of trauma, which I just, you know, so applaud. And I think the work that there's so many wonderful charities out there. I also know um, from having talked with people who head up, you know, charities that help military families, there is so much work to be done that it can be a very hard road. The stories I'm hearing are of military, you know, personnel coming back home, but the adjustment is hard. It's hard to get used to civilian life. And it also can be hard to find um, careers and to find jobs that companies might not realize and understand and value the experience when actually it is very transferable experience. These, you know, they're coming back with incredible leadership qualities and things that many, many organizations can benefit from, but they're not necessarily seeing that. So that's a tough, tough road. And so I want to do my little, little, little part, whatever I can do to help. Well, thank you for that, truly. And I, I say that so truly, thank you. Um, you, with your marketing experience, how was that when it was like, okay, so here I am with chocolate. Now I'm here with a book. <laughs> like, I'm good with chocolate. Talk about transferable experiences. Like, how does that like relate for you with now that you said you've been doing this launch for six months? Go on. Let's hear it. I'd like to know. Yes. So I'll tell you first that the, um, you know, there are parts that are transferable. And then there's also a learning curve. And the parts that are transferable are much more the strategic aspects of the launch. And these are things, what I speak about when I go to writers' conferences are the things that are transferable. So I talk about personal brand, how an author needs to think about themselves as a brand, even though that might seem like a foreign concept, how to translate that into visual identity and the importance of consistency in that visual world you create as well as when you're crafting your marketing plans, how to start with objectives and strategies before jumping into tactics. And then the last part I often speak about at writers' conferences is marketing mindset, which is even, you know, and I found the reason I started speaking on that topic is I found that many times authors, even if they knew what they were supposed to do, weren't bringing themselves to do it. And there was something internal holding them back. And sometimes it's that discomfort with what is perceived as icky self-promotion. And so I try to shift the mindset. And particularly if you have a strong belief that your work is out there in order to do good, in order to help people, and you have a message, then I think it doesn't have to be about icky self-promotion because your spotlight's not on you as an author, but your spotlight is on the message mm -hmm. and your spotlight's on the audience your spotlights on the reader and the help that you're trying to provide. So that mindset shift can be helpful for authors. So those things I applied, you know, everything I speak about at conferences, I applied to my own launch. But then I did find absolutely when you get into the 
you know, after you've set objectives and strategies, when you get into the actual nitty gritty tactics, how are you going to drive awareness? How are you going to build credibility through reviews and endorsement quotes? How are you going to get distribution? And my publisher luckily handled that, so I didn't have to worry about the nitty gritty there. But all of those um, actual components, it is a heavy lift. And I know why authors say the marketing is um, can be tiring because there's a lot that you can do and there's always more. And here I am, you know, less than two weeks from launch and feeling like there is more I could do as well, even though I've done so much and as, as good of a job as I can, um, there's always still more to be done. But you've been on podcast, you've been making videos. I have seen you on YouTube. You are out working social media outlets, the conference schedule that you ran this year, like, all of that benefits you as the as that like you say that brand awareness it is bringing people not only of you as a marketer and someone as an expert in the field but as an author who cares and is out and is in that place that place of presence with people so tell me how those opportunities have been for you um because a lot of times authors will say well how do i get that way speaking engagements how do i get on podcast how am i how do i get these connections i don't know a lot of people in my small little world so what advice would you give them if, if they do have that to deal mm -hmm. with i have two main pieces of advice one is you know start with the network that you do have and then um that actually builds because success begets success so when you meet one person, um, you might ask them, you know, who else would you recommend I speak with? And then that helps amplify, even if your network starts out not being that big, it helps amplify your, your network to be bigger. So that's certainly um, helpful. The second thing I find is really foundational is when I approach a podcast or a media outlet or any place or person, I come at it with the utmost respect that I only, um, you know, pitch or reach out or try to connect with places that I think is a good fit and a good fit, not from, I try not to come at it from a me first standpoint, but from a you first standpoint and try to think about what value can your audience get from the knowledge that I can share because I want it to be successful for, for you, Jen. I want it to be successful for your audience. And I, I start by thinking about that. What would help you and your platform and your message and your audience? And I find that, um, of course, I don't get 100% yeses, but I think it gets it's more successful because I'm really looking for um, mutual success and I'm looking for a win-win and people really appreciate that. And I do my research. I do not, I wouldn't just, you know, have a, a you know, cookie cutter email that I send out to a hundred people. I research every single one. I listen to every podcast. I make sure it makes sense. I look for where there could be white space, maybe a topic that that podcast hasn't covered. And I very much customize and, and specific about the pitch. Excellent, excellent advice right there. So I know that you guys out there listening, grab your notebooks if you haven't yet, so you can start writing all of that down, including when she was talking earlier, even about, you know, your marketing plan and how to approach this, because it's not just about writing the story. Now, if it was all it was, 
<laughs> some people will say it would be so simple if I could just write my story. And that would be all that I would have to do. But in the publishing world, there is so much that we have to bring with us, not just the knowledge of marketing or just even the base knowledge, but we have to bring the promotion pieces and the outreach and every little piece, I believe, takes the courage. And so where does that courage come from? The passion that you have about your story. Yeah, you know, I find for me, it's because I believe in the message. And when it's not about me, because it isn't, you know, it's actually about Goodbye Orchid. It's about what, you know, good that can do in the world. That's what inspires me. You know, what keeps me going is when I hear the difference that it is making. When readers who have advanced reader copies, you know, um, reach out to me. And thank you, for instance, for the kind words you're saying from, from reading Goodbye Orchid. I heard from a reader last week who had won Goodbye Orchid in a contest. She said to me, she could not put it down. She read the full thing in two days. And afterwards, she realized that difficult things she had been going through, that if, you know, Phoenix and Orchid and the whole cast of characters could come out of such a traumatic and difficult time, then she actually could be more optimistic about her own situation. And I thought that's, you know, great. If I can even just do that for one person, then all of this work was worth it. Oh, that is such my philosophy. The, the power of that one, that one. Yeah. And if the rest of the career, we don't hear that, that again, and we heard that one, then we will know that we've done our part, that Orchid is there. The, the thing about it, we may not hear, and it's just that ripple effect, because when you've affected that one, then it's that person's circle, and it's that circle. Right. And, and it may never say, well, that was from reading this book, or that was from hearing you speak, but that gave me the courage to go out and market my own book, or that gave me the courage to go out and write my own story, even though it was a tough story to tell. You may not ever hear where that seed was planted, but it's there because like I say, you are present. Not only are you, you know, you're present, not only out, but you're present in the book. It was such an authentic truth in that book. Thank you. And I feel like it will resonate with a lot of adult readers that you it will find its home with many adult readers and they will appreciate the care and the research and the honoring that you did for Orchid and for Phoenix's story. Because Orchid had her own story that she was also having to go through. So when it first started, you know, and, I, and I'm seeing the point of views and I'm going, where's where's this going to go? How is this? I, I just it was one of the page turners, like I said, and it was what last night, 11 o'clock. And then I'm next thing I know I'm going, OK, I'm finished now. Wait, wait, because it said I had a few more pages left, but then it was just the after part. So I was like, wait, um, do you see this story ever evolving into a series or do you see that this is just the complete story? What happened at the close of 
Phoenix and Orchid story. There is more to come. Because... <laughs> yes. Well, not only Phoenix and Orchid, but we touched on Phoenix's twin brother, Caleb. And Caleb, who's had a much more, had, you know, up until the start of the story, had a much more difficult time in his life. Yes, you love Caleb? Yeah. <laughs> love Caleb. Yay. Yes. Caleb has, you know, had a hard time growing up, had a hard time in school, and has finally found his place. He um, is an entrepreneur in his own right. He runs tattoo parlors, and he runs them with his ex-girlfriend, Sasha. Loved it all. Loved the characters. <laughs> <laughs> Loved your colorful tattoo. Red latex wearing Sasha and Caleb tattooed, you know, giant Caleb. Still have some unfinished business. Okay. All right. So that means that now I'm in the fast track with an email from you, Carol, that says, <laughs> um, hey, Jen, you want to have another podcast? I got some news I'd like to share. So I'll be like, yes. I can't wait for that moment. I will okay. tell you when book two is ready. Okay. So are you working on it now or do you just have the concept? Have you done an outline? How does your process work when you write? Yes. So I have some work done on it. I um, tend not to have a really detailed outline, so a bit more in the pantsing than plotting camp, but I think what is important is to know what the overall arc of the story and where you want to go in the end, and that's how I describe for Goodbye Orchid. I had a vision for what this was meant to add up to when you add up all the 67,000 words, even though I might not have known the twists and turns along the way to get there. And I think that's the case with the second book as well, which a little bit of the name Hello Sasha might be running through my head. I have to think about the naming. Oh, I love it. I love it. And so from cover design, from all of that, how much with each new process, the writing was done, the publishing contract, how did all of that feel for you to actually see Orchid from computer screen to its final product? It has been an incredible process. I'll just tell you. And actually, I have some artifacts that I brought here to show you. Ooh. Go and tell, guys. If you're listening to the podcast, that means continue to listen, but then go on YouTube so you can see the video. Because it has truly been a just a project of my heart. And to see it come to life is really incredible. But what I envisioned in my head, I don't think I would have known exactly the cover and the look and the feel and what this world was going to be until I started working with my publisher and their designer. And really what we said, you know, we start with a great brief and we said that we needed to really capture the physical and emotional shattering of the characters. And that's why these are shattered orchids. These are not whole flowers. These are shattered orchids. And to see that come to life was incredible. And I, you know, definitely called upon my marketing expertise to know how to write a very insightful brief that inspires designers to bring samples of work that I think capture the feeling, the tonality and the personality and to have insights about, you know, who I think the reader is and what they're going to get out of it. So I definitely did my author homework as best as I could and also helped guide the visual design process because I have experience in that. And that's part of what I talk about at writers conferences. But what I'm so proud of is 
besides the cover itself is the way in which we um, hid what I call little Easter egg um, secrets in the book. The interior <laughs> formatting was beautiful, I would say. A huge shout out in case Kelly Emery from Kohler Books is listening. Um, huge shout out to her because she brought this to life. And your viewers might not be able to see it, but what I'll say is in the bottom right corner of every page is a little orchid design detail so that when you flip through the pages, the orchids appear to shatter and they actually are most shattered at the darkest moment in the story. And then the orchids come back together until you get to the emotionally satisfying ending. And that was truly unique. That is the first time that I have seen interior formatting take on a depth like that. Like I always love to pick up a book and be able to see that. And I try to work with that with my own work, but that was taking it to the next level, Carol. That was for me, I just was like, ooh, that's special. Like the, the whole packaging, it's just, it's special. I know you're super proud of it. I am, I am. I think the visual world that we created is just stunning. It is. The colors, the way it, even though it's a still image, it creates a feeling of motion. It's movement though. It's just this fluid movement mm -hmm. that just lets you know that it's a never ending. It's, there's animated GIFs of the cover in which you can see the orchid shattering as well. You have that on YouTube. I saw that already. I watched it and I was like, oh, look how clever. Look how clever. I loved it. So, so yes. So a lot of pre-work went into this. A lot of planning after the book. So how long did it take from the minute that you said, oh, the end? Oh. It's done to actually the publication, you know, finding the uh, agent or the traditional publishing house. How long did that take you? How was that process with the query? Do you have any story or inspiration for us at, especially for those who are first starting out going? Yeah. How was that for you? I don't want to scare first time authors away. It, it's definitely years in the making because, you know, from that first time, there's multiple times when I thought I had written the end. <laughs> and now I look back at naive little me and think that's so sweet that I thought I was done <laughs> because the first time I thought I'd written the end, then I hired an editor to help me shape the work. And she said, well, you have two different genres in here and you have to pick a route. And I had to throw out work and start all over. And so then I wrote a whole other book, thought I'd written the end, found an amazing agent, an agent who's really well known in the industry and incredibly talented, multiple decades in the industry. And he had a point of view as well, which meant that I hadn't written the end and had another set of editing. And then once I signed the contract with the publisher with Kohler Books, they have um, an amazing editor, Joe Kakaro who actually had very good points to make. And it wasn't like any of it was shoved down my throat. It was every step was incredibly collaborative because in the end it needed to be my work and my vision. But when I agreed with Joe's points, I absolutely wanted to make those changes. And so really the end only came when we turned over the final manuscript for printing for the October 1st launch. I love that because but it also shows that you're coachable, 
you're teachable, you're humble, and that you understand that the people that you surrounded yourself with were out for your best interest. Mm. They were out to champion Phoenix and Orchid. And when we look at people who pour that energy into our life as champions around us, then I believe that the intimidation and the fear and the uh, am I being rejected or Mm -hmm. wait, they didn't like it. They want me to fix this. Why didn't they like it the way I wrote it? It's not about that. It's that they can see things that we may not see while we're in our stories and they're championing them because they want this story to be out in the light of day. They have invested time and energy. So I love how you say with each step, each step you saw that process change and grow. So it's, it's almost like the shattering and the putting back together of the, of the, <laughs> of the author. It's true. And you're right about the publishing professionals. They all want us to be successful. They are, it's nothing personal. And it's hard to remember that in the moment because your work seems so close to you. I think time has given me that gift of a bit of distance. So I am ready for Goodbye Orchid to go out into the world and to be owned by the readers and for them to have their own individual experiences because they will have a different experience and interpret things differently. And I'm ready for that, I hope, I think. <laughs> but well, you, um, you might as well be wrong, Carol, because <laughs> October 1st is coming. So. It's true. So true. <laughs> it's coming. Yes. So, Actually, when you shared that, it reminded me that when my, it reminded me of two things. One, when my um, publisher gave me the contract, he said to me, I am putting my name behind this book because I think this book can do good in the world. And when he said that, I thought, he gets me. He gets what Goodbye Orchid's trying to do. This is the right home for it. The other thing you talked about was the ability to be humble. I think that is really important. I've learned that lesson many times in my life, including when my company sent me to China and I had worked there for two years and didn't speak or read Chinese. I was basically illiterate in a country. <laughs> That's a very humbling experience. And it's one in which, which Orchid experiences mm-hmm. when she goes to Beijing on a business trip. Yep, I see all of your life experiences, pieces of it inspired and crinkling down into it, yet still they have their own unique story and personalities. And you just welcome them in. Did you just say, come on in, characters? Have oh, they fun. wanted to come in. Let's have some, as much drama as we can have. Let's have as much conflict so we can drive the reader crazy till the last it. <laughs> That's how it feels (laughs) in a good way. That's when you know when you can take a reader through an emotional roller coaster Mm. that you've done well. Goodbye Orchid has been described by different readers as an emotional roller coaster, as um, heartwarming and heart-wrenching, as a book that tugs not just on your heartstrings but on your soul. Um, as captivating. In fact, I think some of the feedback I was most touched by is from wounded veterans. I've had wounded veterans tell me that not only did they see themselves on the pages, they actually got additional insight into their own experience from reading my book. They got the viewpoint of others around them during the experience. It was just incredible to me to hear those words. And that's the research. 
that's the hard work that you put into that because you did, like I say, you know, you built that marketing world. That was the easy part because that was your life. You built that world. It's solid. But then you built the rehabilitation world. You built the coping world and a dark world and a light world. You built it all so intricately to where it's just down to heart. It's just down to feeling. And so I'm just I'm just very grateful to know you and to have had an opportunity to have this time with you for you to share and for to be able to read Goodbye Orchid. Thank you, Jen. I feel so grateful to know you as well and, for, and to know the good work that you're doing in the world. Thank you so much for today. So last words of advice for everyone out there who's maybe struggling right now with a story and it's a hard story for them to tell. It could not even be their own story, but a story has come to them and it might be a little outside of their experience, but it's not like nagging at them. What's your advice to them? Mm. I think we as writers should never forget that stories have power words have power and to use that power for the good. The world right in this moment could probably use a bit of light. So let us as authors shine that light to bring our good, to bring hope and optimism. I think we have good work to do and I would encourage those stories that are, that are whispering in our ear, those stories that are in our hearts, that are in our bellies, that need to be told. The world needs your stories. And so thank you, Carol. Tell us where we can find you because I know you're very passionate about working with other authors and you coach. So, so tell us where you live on social media. I'm gonna put links down, but where do you really live? Where's your home on social media? So there's a few locuses. One is um, certainly my main website, carolvandenhenda.com, and then slash writing to hear about Goodbye Orchid or slash contact to sign up for my newsletter or to connect with me. <laughs> but also I am on social media. So you can certainly find my author page on Facebook, on, I'm on Instagram on Twitter a bit. And so pretty much all of the normal places. And then sometimes readers uh, might not think about this or authors or, well, authors probably would think about this, but um, it would be great to see you on Goodreads. Um, I think it's a wonderful platform for people who love reading, who love books to just ca capture, you know, books that you've read so you don't forget them. But please, you know, follow me there. That would it'd be great to connect there as well. Um, and also BookBub. So I actually was, I'm currently reading, but I have not had a chance today because I was so busy to change that because when I woke up this morning, it was one meeting after the next and then a class. Now I've got to go into my Goodreads account and say read and put last night's day. Um, Yay, and be put it there and go ahead and leave reviews and shout it out to the rooftops. And I just want to say, just thanks for all you're doing, not only for authors in the industry and just the support that you're giving authors and the care that you're taking and just the sharing out of your knowledge about marketing, because that is always an area 
that we as authors, when we do not have that MBA, um, when we do not have those years of experience, you teaching us those transferable skills of maybe like what's great about what you're doing now. And then how can you transfer those? I love that because when you started saying that, I was like, oh, I've got some transferable skills. This whole teaching life of mine, it kind of does move over a little bit into my author world. So I don't give myself maybe enough credit. So thank you, Carol, for that. Um, but I just want to say thank you for all you do. And thank you for sharing Goodbye Orchid with us because we're some lucky readers out there. Well, I am. I, I get to brag a little bit. Um, you guys will get to have it October 1st, so you can go ahead and pre-order and have it waiting for you so you can experience the, um, the love of Phoenix and Orchid. Yes, please do. And thank you for those kind words, and thank you for the good work that you do in the world as well, Jen. All right. Thanks, Carol. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.